People always do that. Did you hear that? Britney Spears. Oh my God. No, it's not Britney. But I mean, it, it, it does beg the question, what has gone wrong with young Hollywood? Honest to God, what is the problem? Yeah. Juicy sweatsuits, doing lines in the restroom. All y'all dressed to impress who? 20-something trust Hello and welcome to the premiere of season three of Late Do You Remember This, where we look back on all the stories from Hollywood's best worst decade, the early 2000s, a time in history when America found out that with a trust fund, a sex tape, and a dream, you too could become a star. As always, I'm your host, Dara Lane. Today, I come to you bearing the gift of an interview episode all about the underrated punk rock prom queen, Ashley Simpson. Consider this week's presentation an appetizer to next week's storytelling episode. I'll quit your appetite for the full in-depth meal on Ashley that will be served next week. Actually, don't consider this an appetizer. This episode is a delicious treat that I've cooked up with my guest, Troy McKeady. This isn't a hummus and crudite platter. It's a molten chocolate lava cake. Dessert is being served first because you've been a very good girl. Okay, now we have some housekeeping info. From now on, episodes will go up every Wednesday at midnight. We'll alternate storytelling and interview episodes because if you want regular content, it's just what we got to do. Also, we now have a private Facebook group where we can all chit-chat together, and you can just search the podcast and request to be added, or if you go to the podcast Instagram, and do you remember this, you'll find the link in my bio. There you will also find the link to the Lay Do You Remember These Songs Volume 2 Playlist. It's 20 songs by pop punk princess queens. They are so special, they get two royal titles. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome. It's Darlene. Back with another episode of Late Do You Remember This? Uh, we've got a little a talkie, as I like to call them. <laughs> and today we have a very exciting guest. His name is Troy McKeady, and he is the host of a delicious podcast that if you're into my podcast, you're going to die over his. It's called This Mushroom. Troy, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like beyond excited. This is one of the only things I know a lot about. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really like, well, I guess what we can um, introduce the topic. The topic of today is Ashley Simpson and you are yeah. something of a historian. You know, when I die, that is one of the things that they'll say, like yeah. for sure. It's <laughs> Ashley is... Uh, Ashley means, I think, more to me than, like, uh, most people, including her family. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Now, Troy, um, can you just give us a little taste, a little elevator pitch of your podcast? 
to entice the listeners? Yeah. So um, basically, technically, it's a podcast that sort of like revisits um, relationships, Hollywood relationships, just pop culture relationships that you either forgot about or maybe didn't realize were super important, or maybe you knew they were important, but just don't remember all of the little intricacies of what happened during the time that they were together. Um, And yeah, I feel like our podcasts exist in the same like universe. So yeah, if you, if you love this podcast, then you'll probably like mine. (laughs) (laughs) You will, you will, you will have a new favorite podcast if, if you guys listen to Troy's. And it's also very, um, it's like highly researched like mine is. So if you, if you've forgotten about these delicious little nuggets of, you know, pop culture in the last couple decades, then like you're going to learn a lot. And yeah, what, what better thing to learn about? <laughs> no, I was going to say it's super, it's very, it teeters between extremely lowbrow and like, I would, I don't know if I would ever say that it's highbrow, but it's like midbrow. I, I love a midbrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the difference between like a, a good cheese that you would put on a cracker and like the occasional like cheese whiz. Like I dabble in a cheese whiz territory, but occasionally I'm a oh, solid honey. cheese like a like a nice pub cheese perhaps yes that's yes i i would say pub cheese is like a midbrow like lowbrow is in a can uh squirting it straight into your mouth and yours is like a delicious um it's like mama's beer cheese really (laughs) exactly and then i'll occasionally do like a julia roberts episode it's a little like Gruyere moment. You know what I mean? I love a chic Gruyere moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Troy, take me back to 2004, 2005, um, 2003, I guess, when Ashley like really popped onto the scene. Explain to me what you remember about that time, what you remember about her, like those visceral uh, like sense memories of Ashley Simpson? Yeah, so I was in high school and I was obsessed with newlyweds. I loved Jessica. Um, I was a big, a big fan of uh, Joe Simpson's projects. And uh, when <laughs> I heard, like they made the announcement that Ashley was like getting a show, I was like, totally on board and I just fell in love. Like I was obsessed with her. I thought she was, I just thought she was everything. And I remember um, when her album came out, I was working retail at the mall at Hollister. Hollister. (laughs) And we sold CDs. And I remember it was like a really big deal. Like Ashley's CD was selling out all over the country and all of like the really big box stores were having a hard time like keeping um, physical copies of it in stock because this is when you would go like buy a CD. And uh, there was a massive line of people at our store, just like young teenage girls that were there to buy her album. And I was happy to sell it. So where does Ashley, as far as the Simpson sisters go, where does Ashley fit in for you? Like, how, how do you feel about Jessica, I guess, is what I'm saying. I love Jessica Simpson. I've always had an affection towards Jessica Simpson. I think she's super smart. Um, I think that people undermined how successful her business is. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I think that Jessica had a really tough go at becoming a pop star. And she capitalized on a, like, a very specific time period in her career where she was, like, another thing I feel like people forget is how trendsetting Jessica was and how famous she was and how successful she was in music. I mean, oh, Jessica yeah. was so influential. And um, so, yeah, I've always had a respect for her. I think she's hysterical. I just love her. What about you? I, I loved Jessica. Um, I loved Nick and Jessica. And I also, the thing I loved the most was the Jessica Simpson, uh, like, edible body products. Oh my God, the like cupcake mousse yes. <laughs> for your hair, like what? And you would like go to Claire's and there would be this big display of arguably too sexy of body products that were definitely aimed towards children. Like it was like, ooh, here's some, some lotion. Uh, it tastes like frosting. And right. <laughs> like who's licking that off of you? Exactly. It was like the only time you've seen like a mainstream edible body lotion outside of like Spencer's. It was like, wait, what? Oh yeah. Or, or Frederick's of Hollywood. Exactly. It's like, this is literally meant for sex, but okay. I also feel like the early 2000s was a big time for edible body things because I also remember I got this um, Urban Decay uh, body glitter powder shimmer powder and it tasted like marshmallows (laughs) and it came with like a little powder puff and you would just like dab it on your decollete for like how good is that for your lungs it simply can't be good (laughs) like i just can't imagine like that that's okay for your body no i mean i don't i can't imagine that there is any um, of Jessica's edible body arrangements, uh, like, still out there that wouldn't just kill you. They all have to be expired, uh, right? Well, we'll have to stop at TJ Maxx before the episode ends and, and check and see, because they're all... TJ Maxx is known for having, like, debunked Jessica Simpson products. I don't know what kind of weird deal she signed. Where, um, like, uh, it's so just, true expired items just like of hers go to tj maxx but they always have like her hair extensions from 20 years ago oh my god her uh, ken paves hair extensions (laughs) fun fact i i mean so ken those ken paves extensions ken was hit was jessica's uh hairstylist and Mm -hmm. then when britney did the VMAs, what was it like, was it in 2010? The really bad ones where she like, no, it was like 2008, right? Oh, the 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 really terrible one? Yes, and it was supposed to be her comeback. Um, that was 07. 08 was when she like crimped her hair. Do you remember that? Yes, yeah. okay, so okay. 07, um, they hired Ken Paves to come in and do her hair extensions because her hair was still growing out from shaving her head. And uh, Brittany like fired him right before and was like, I'm going to do my hair myself. Yeah. She's like, I don't like it. 
And they kicked him out and he was like distraught. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> like there were people that said that they saw him like literally standing outside her dressing room crying. How sad is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's sad, like not emotionally, but just like sad in a sad way for him. Yeah. It's just so degrading. It really is. Um, so back to Ashley. Let's let's start from 2003. Her show comes out, and it's all about this is Jessica's like punky, cool sister. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the first episode, and it's pretty. It's pretty silly. Do you remember the first episode? It's a silly, silly show. Uh, I had mentioned to you that um, a couple of years ago, Molly McAleer and I, for Emotionally Broken Psychos, did like a, we called it Summer of Simpson, and we just like reviewed all this like <laughs> Simpson-centric programming. Um, but we watched all of the Ashley Simpson show, and like watching that, I think I was like about 28 Watching that as like a 28, 29 year old was such a wild experience in comparison to me being like 14 and thinking that she was just, first of all, I thought she was the literal definition of a woman. You couldn't oh, tell yeah. me otherwise. I was like, this is a grown ass woman who has it all together. Oh yeah. She's got her her cute little apartment with uh, wall to wall carpeting. She's got it all. <laughs> And she's got like a little girl squad that they all were gauchos and giggle. Oh, and she and for one episode she had that hot boyfriend. What was his name? Josh. Oh yeah, Josh. That was just for like one day. It was literally one day, and she's she's just like we're we're so in love, and like he's so great. And then by the end of the episode, she's like, I don't know, it's just not going to work. So I wrote a song about it. <laughs> on to the next next doofus what did you think about this show when it was like what was your experience with the first season of the show I remember watching it like every episode but for some reason I don't have the same visceral memories of things happening as I do Mm -hmm. with other reality shows like for me like the Anna Nicole Smith show is one yeah. where I can remember certain scenes very viscerally having not seen it in 15 years. But with Ashley, I know I loved it, but I remember very little of it. Totally understandable. I, I, will, I will tell you it is so, it's such an easy show to rewatch and it's all on YouTube. Like if you're ever bored one day, I really suggest you go back and rewatch it because it's like, it's just, I don't know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I will say I feel like people who listen to your podcast and listen to mine like this celeb reality era of TV where it wasn't like drama. Right. It was literally just celebrities doing shit, like mundane things, like cleaning their apartment and like going to look for silly hats or whatever. And it was just people living and it was so much more entertaining to me than like scripted drama. Well, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's a slice of life sort of situation. Yeah. You just, it's, you know, I think that people should try bringing that sort of slice of life reality, celeb reality show back because 
I think it's very similar to like British Bake Off or something. You know, mm-hmm. just something where you can lie back, let it play in front of you. And back then, they did all of those half-hour episodes. The Hills was a half-hour. Ashley yep. Simpson was a half-hour. Now, everyone's trying to squeeze out the last dollar by making everything an hour. And sometimes yeah, like too much. It's too fucking much. And honestly, one of my favorite things is to think about like what a show would be like if it was on now. Like if that, sh- if the Ashley Simpson show was on now, it would be a show about her family like breaking apart because of drama. Yeah. And like, I don't need, th- I don't know what it is about producers that they think that we need that, but I don't. Like I love a show where Ashley just says dumb shit on the- her cell phone and drives in her car. Like I love, I love it. And that's kind of what they did with the Hills reboot, too, is they're trying to manufacture a drama that didn't Mm -hmm. exist among anyone where we could we all would have been very happy just watching Heidi and Spencer tooling around, uh, spending money and trying to raise their son in a normal way. Yeah, I would love to watch Heidi and Spencer just exist in a house and be silly with their kid and feed hummingbirds and go get espressos. Like, I would love that, you know? I mean, I I think of a show like Sister Wives. Have you ever seen Sister Wives? Oh, yeah, I love it. I fucking love it. I mean, they are not afraid to uh, have a two-hour episode about one of the kids possibly having scoliosis. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you are so right. That's such a good observation. (laughs) And... Honestly, I find it very soothing. I watch it uh, at lunch in like a two-hour episode takes me a whole week to get through. I watch it in 20-minute increments. That is so funny. You're so right. Like there's little elements of drama because you like need that now, but it's mostly a show about mundane shit. Like we're getting custom-made dresses and they're going to take a month. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm totally fine with... Well, I wa- did you watch Ashley's um, newest reality show that's now canceled, but with her new husband? I actually just watched it. Like, I just watched it maybe a month ago because I, I didn't before. I don't know why, um, but I just I binged the whole thing. I didn't know it was on, really. It wasn't until yeah, it- I was researching this episode that I was like, oh, yeah, I totally, like, missed that. It was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. It was it was a little bit of the same. It was a lot of mundane, you know, just like a couple figuring out daily life. It wasn't like, it was actually very like similar to her old show. It wasn't like a show about drama, you know? Do you think um, she has a nice relationship with her husband? I hope. So. I actually do. I think oh, that they complement each other really well. I think they're both like... Um, I don't know, they have this, like, androgynous thing going on in their relationship where they, like, share clothes and they both, like, wear unisex clothes all the time. And, like, they're just, like, really chill. And, like, he's really comfortable with his sexuality in a way that I'm really attracted to. I like them. I mean, Ashley really, for all the terrible, tumultuous times she's been through, she really came out the other end with just marrying into a very chic family, which Mm -hmm. I'm very happy for her for that one. Yeah, who would have ever thought that she'd be a Ross? I mean, it's crazy. I wonder how Diana feels about it. Does she like her? Like, what, what is, what's that, what's that Thanksgiving like? 
I, I mean, Papa Joe, Diana, the, their mom, Jessica, like all of those kids. I just can't even fathom it. I really can't. I can't at all. I mean, I saw Diana Ross at the Hollywood Bowl um, like seven years ago. And she seriously brought on stage just every single member of her family. Love it. <laughs> just like brought them out one by one and they'd like do a, a number with her or uh, Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross was like uh, hosting the whole show. It was a real Von Trapp family singers. I love the Black Partridge family. I love it. <laughs> I love Black it. Black Partridge family. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, one of the things, too, I was going to mention to you that I found really interesting about being an adult watching the Ashley Simpson show is that I remember one of the things that I forgot about that kind of like sparked my interest of this second viewing was the fact that when this came out, what they were doing was so experimental because like reality shows were still kind of new at that time. Yeah. And Ashley was one of the first, she was in the first handful of celebrity people. And I remember it being this like experimental thing of them not even really knowing if this whole process would work of like having a show based on her record, having these experiences and then writing all these songs based on the experiences and then releasing the album during the finale of the, the, the show. Like, that wasn't really something that anybody had ever really done, and it worked in such a monumental way. Um, that I don't think Joe, who was like a former, who basically was Chris Jenner back then, I don't think that he really gets a lot of credit for how savvy he was in marketing during that time, like of his, his family. That's so true. I mean, he, I guess because now um they ashley and jessica are barely even known for their music careers there's probably so weird i mean there's probably plenty of people in their early 20s who really don't even know jessica as a singer oh yeah isn't that wild it really is i mean i always thought uh after she had her clothing line and really just sort of transitioned out of acting and singing and just sort of being like a a goop or Jessica Alba honest company mm-hmm. type situation i it was it's interesting how it just that part of her life seems completely separate from who she is now yeah it's so weird i mean even i feel like people our age like I always have to correct people when they're like, oh, that her like one song. I'm like, no gal. She had like several albums and a bunch of singles. I, she, I, back in the day, it was Britney and Christina and then Jessica just always sort of fighting to, oh, hold for playing. I don't know if you can hear (laughs) it. I can't, but I do that all the time. (laughs) Oh God, here we go. Another fucking ambulance going by. Living in a city, okay? Um, But it was like Britney and Christina in the top upper echelon. And then Jessica always sort of trying to 
break into that, but being very close, like always in the same mm-hmm. orbit as the two of them. Yeah, I always, in my mind, I categorize it in like Romeo and Michelle class system. So there's like the A group, you know, Brittany and Jessica, or Brittany and Christina. And then there was like the B group, which would be like Jessica, Mandy, um, Pink, you know, like all of like the other girls. Yeah. And then there was like the C group, which was like Willa Ford and like Samantha Mumba and Vitamin C. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Did you, have you ever heard, um, I don't know if she's still doing this, but what vitamin C transitioned into doing in her adult life after singing? Is she doing theater or something? She, I don't know if she's still doing this, but as of a few years ago, she was the head of music, whatever that means, at Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did read that. (laughs) Which I think is very chic for her. I I love that. I think that's great. You know, we can't be pop stars forever. She she had some fun and, you know, she's obviously a very smart and savvy woman. You know, she was always an interesting one because she was like 28 at the same time that all the other girls were like 14. Like she was like a grown ass adult as fuck woman like she's like 50 now i'm not even kidding oh my you know now that you say it i it is totally flooding into my memory of the fact that like yeah she did seem older than everyone but wow good for her i I love i love an adult pop star (laughs) there's nothing better an adult pop star with orange hair and a a brown streak through it (laughs) (laughs) She she saw she saw ginger spice and she was like I like it but I'm gonna tweak it yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll up you red for orange <laughs> how do you like it <laughs> um so Ashley we see her show first season and then mm-hmm. I I suppose it's in between filming when we when she has her. Well, they're filming the show when it happens, but we mm-hmm. know about it happening before it ever airs. Her infamous SNL lip syncing debacle. Right. And the fucking jig heard around the world. The jig heard the jig is up, Ashley. The jig, Literally. <laughs> the jig is up. I personally I saw that live mm-hmm. and I remember it feeling shocking. Yeah. Like, but also it was so exciting because it was like, this is why you watch Saturday Night Live because anything yep. could happen. Like you felt like you were watching something that they would have in a VH, VH1 countdown like yeah. for the rest of the decade, which it was. Yes. It was like watching something that you weren't allowed to see. Yes. Or something. So do you, do you remember watching that live? I remember watching it live because ironically, um, so my family, like we were really big reality TV people. We loved like reality TV. We were just like couch slobs, you know, like we like loved (laughs) movies and TV. Um, And my family like really grew to love like MTV programming, like the Osbournes and stuff. So we watched um, Newlyweds like together and then when the Ashley Simpson show came out, like, my family really took to Ashley more than Jessica. So, like, my mom, 
Like my grandmother even was always like, how is that Ashley? Like they just like loved her. And um, so we, and I would make my, whenever I would like drive around in the car with my mom or my grandma, I would always bring the autobiography CD. So like they grew to like be forced to like it. You know how like parents like had that happen? Yes. You kind like of your parents accept them. <laughs> like they had like a favorite track from like each Britney album because they were forced to or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so we watched it together and I just remember I felt the same way. I was like, this feels like something that we're not, I was confused. I was like, I don't, I don't understand that this is like supposed to be happening. Um, but I kind of, I'm going to be honest with you after it happened, like I just kind of, I didn't think it was going to be, I, I, there was no way that I thought it would be what it became at all. I don't think anyone did. You know what it's sort of, okay. So it's similar to two things. One from before all that happened on SNL, one from before Ashley and after Ashley, before when Sinead O'Connor ripped up the picture of the Pope during her Mm -hmm. performance. And then after um, when Lana Del Rey performed Mm -hmm. and people thought it was weird and the vitriol from all three of those things follow Mm -hmm. like, I mean, Lana Del Rey's career, like, nosedive for a while after that SNL performance. Like, yeah. people hated her. And people hated Ashley. Yeah, they hated her in a way that is kind of unexplainable today. Just because what she did would be so easily explained if that happened now. Like, if that happened to any, you know, if that happened to Taylor Swift, like, on air, she would just, like, tweet after or, like, do an Instagram story, and it'd be fine, kind of. Like, oh, it may absolutely. not be fine for, like, a week or so. Maybe, maybe. I mean, a few days. But it wouldn't be, like, career-defining, career-ruining. Like, I don't know if... Maybe people don't remember how much we hated her, but, like, people were on the news burning her CDs. They were... um b- piles of all her product on tv and burning it like live i mean it was like well and after her next live performance which was at the orange bowl i think she was booed from the beginning to the end of the entire performance painful and she was like 19 she was legit 19 years old and also they talk about oh she was lip syncing but meanwhile she was she was going to sing to a track which is what pretty much every pop star does when they're doing uh, a tv performance because you yeah. can't really trust the audio and or they do it in a lot of concerts like they feed in the vocal and then you sing over it and it sort of blends together so it's a completely normal thing that people do but they treated it as if she had ruined pop music for the rest of time i know it's funny like if we if we as a society know that you're lip syncing it's fine unless you get caught Yes. That's Even though we so know. True. It's such a weird thing. I mean, you watch back 
I mean, any Britney performance, but specifically on Saturday Night Live, her lip syncing is so obvious because it's such a small, intimate um, stage and the way they shoot it is very close. And yeah, and you can tell that mostly everyone is lip syncing. Yeah. I mean, like it I, was not, it was not a know. big deal, but it was, I mean, people hated her for it. Yeah, I mean, I, um, one of the things that I, I don't know how it became this, but like, I kind of passively do a podcast about like defending women from the 2000s, <laughs> like, <laughs> just like trying to like retell terrible stories like this of like, no, 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 like you had it all wrong. Listen, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but You're like, doing the Lord's work. <laughs> thank you. So are you. Thank you. Um, but like people just really... At this, especially during this time, this was like peak. People got really, really, really excited to find a reason that validated how much they hated someone. Like if a girl was becoming famous or was famous or whatever, if they did something that gave the public a reason that was like legitimate to hate them, the floodgates opened and it was like, let's let's just stone her until she's dead. Like, let's get her, get her boys. Gator boy. I mean, it's so true. People, the general public just had such a glee and excitement to rip apart a young woman, no matter how young they are. Like when you look back on Ashley, if you remember viscerally how much people hated her or even Brittany, when she was going through her breakdown and everything, Mm -hmm. I feel like in your mind's eye, it feels like, oh, these were what, like 28-year-old girls? Like, no, they weren't vitamin C, bitch. They were exactly. like, they were 19, they were 20, 22. I mean, there were babies who bear, I mean, people were so put off that Ashley gets caught lip syncing in the moment and then doesn't know what to do and does a jig off stage. But if you think about it, if you're 19 on live TV, on Saturday Night Live, which was arguably her big, big break yeah, as a performer, I mean, good Lord. I, I was watching it as a 31-year-old, and I was like, I honestly don't know what I would do if this happened to me. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know if I would jig and click my heels, but I would definitely do some sort of weird, awkward body thing like that. Oh, I know. I would try and veer off stage. I I know I wouldn't do a jig, but I know that I would do a weird body thing. Like it would be, it would be more of like a body roll and like a. Yes. (laughs) I don't, I don't veer on the jig end of the spectrum, but I definitely more body roll. Um. But then, so after SNL, that's 2004, and all of the fallout, then in 2006, she starts to sort of, I feel like she hasn't completely burned out. She still has a footing in, Mm -hmm. and she's on the cover of Marie Claire in 2006, talking about how every girl should just accept themselves for who they are and that they're good enough exactly as they are and how they look. And then 
it comes out that she has allegedly gotten a nose job. God for fucking bid. God for fucking How bid. How dare you? Meanwhile, I mean, there are, there's a horrible, horrible sketch on Mad TV about Ashley. And they talk about how her nose looks like a bird and she's disgusting looking. And then how could anyone predict that she would get a nose job after people said she looked like a bird? I mean, like, honestly, it's fucking insane. It's insane. And, like, these girls will never, like, even Britney, after all she's gone through, after everything that we've seen publicly, people are still like, why is she weird? Like, because she literally, since she was 14, has been ridiculed in a way that, like, most most people, man or woman, wouldn't be able to withstand. Like, they'll none of these girls will ever get any credit for being able to withstand this level of criticism as, like, teenagers and, like, being resilient and, like, coming out on the other side. Like, to have the whole world hate you at the same time is, like, an unimaginable thing for something so stupid. Absolutely. I, and it was the, – the nose job thing – I I'm sure a lot of people have forgotten about that. The the mm-hmm. SNL thing is pretty ubiqui- ubiquitous. Like people still talk about that. Sometimes it can still come up. But her nose mm-hmm. job was the next level. Where even the editor of Marie Claire, instead of saying, you know, everyone's entitled to do what they want with their bodies and you can be happy about your body and still want to change it or you don't have to change it. This was a personal decision. She was, she just sided with everyone else and was like, yeah, we never should have had her on the cover. She's a fraud. And like, I've said this to you before. I think that, you know, it definitely didn't help. A, it didn't help that she lied about the lip syncing and that she you know, we all know now that, like, her drummer was supposed to, like, press play and, like, they were going to sing the next song, but he played the wrong song. And so she blamed him because I'm sure her dad just told her to blame the drummer. And then he told her to go around lying about it on all these different um, talk shows and interviews. And she was giving all these different answers each time. Yeah. And then she lied about her nose for a little bit. I mean, it was just, like, it didn't help that she was being instructed to not just be honest about these mundane things because like it, it again, I hate, I constantly ref- fucking refer to Brittany and I need to stop, but like <laughs> she was the same way. Like she was told to lie about who she was, the public knew she was lying. So then we had a reason to punish her for it. And that was her whole life, you know? Exactly. Well, and also during this time, I feel like we are in a different time now, and I think part of it is because of maybe the Real Housewives. They were, in to my mind, the first group of women that were very upfront about plastic surgery and the things that they would get done, and and I feel like maybe that has sort of changed the public opinion on plastic surgery and it mm-hmm. and now that there's botox and injectables and more more regular people get that that there's now a more le- a lenient attitude towards it but back then i mean it it was always about did 
Britney get a boob job? Did Lindsay Lohan get a boob job? Did Ashley get a nose job? And now if you think about it, I mean, let's look at uh, Bella Hadid. Everyone's seen the before and after pictures of her. Mm -hmm. No one, but no one really cares that much about it. Or, or Or Kylie. No one cares. I mean, some people care, but it's never like a did she or didn't she? It's just like, yeah, probably. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, like, let's face it. The Kardashians are walking around with botched surgeries. They have botched ass, uh, like, Brazilian butt lifts. They're botched. And they have made botched lip injections and asses actually pretty, like, in vogue. Yeah. Like, if you have lips that are so full that they look like they can rip open, what are you doing? And what are you waiting for? You know what I mean? Like, we're at that point now. And it's so crazy. Like, a little tweak back then was a massive deal. But now... It was such a small, small tweak on Ashley. And the fact that anyone could look at her little nose job and not think that every other person in Hollywood, men included, had gotten a little nip, a little tuck here and there. But because... People were looking for the next reason to nail her, and they got it. You know, it honestly just makes me sad because this was, like, another thing about her um, her sort of, like, story now that it's, like, the way that it's, like, tied up and put in a bow is that she was this, like, pretty untalented girl that had, like, one hit song and blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, actually, she was, like, incredibly talented and... Mm-hmm. I think that she walked so that Taylor Swift could fly, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> that is the whole, so true. I mean, she basically was like a pop punk Taylor Swift before it was like cool to, to really lean into marketing, you writing your own, all of your own songs. But like Ashley wrote all of her music and her first album is, in my opinion, one of the best pop albums ever. And it was super successful. And I'd even told you that um, I was reading like a, in one of the Ashley episodes I had done, I was reading this interview with, with the guy who did like the the engineering of her first album, like the sound mixing and like um, he produced it. And he said that like, you know, he's worked with like Aerosmith and like all of these really, really big bands that are like monumental and nobody, like nobody doesn't come up to him and say like, what did, like, how did you do that Ashley Simpson album? Like it is his life's work that that like, bands like Haim and stuff will come up to him and be like we need to figure out like that Ashley Simpson autobiography sound like what did you do like he gets hired in Hollywood still based on him working on that album because industry wise like it's still that bitch you know what I mean but people (laughs) don't know that well and I think it's because because it was uh music that was directed towards young women that unless you are someone who truly knows about music and is willing to you know a lot of people look at Carly Rae Jepsen and a lot of mainstream people are they're like oh that's beneath me but if you look at the industry like she's very well respected she has amazing music and I feel like Ashley is the same thing. 
and many, many female pop stars are in the same boat where their music is never respected by anyone other than what it's strictly targeted towards young women because things that young women like aren't aren't to be respected. Mm-hmm. They're trivial, they're stupid, they're guilty pleasures. Guilty and it's like, pleasure. okay, like, why? <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> have you ever in your life heard of a something that typically men like ever being described as a guilty pleasure? It's really rare. Like, if you really think about it, all of the things that people can see, like reality TV, even like something as simple as that, male-centric reality shows, shows like Pawn Stars and Storage Wars, people just watch that shit and it just is what it is. Yeah. But like, if you watch Vanderpump Rules or Housewives, like it's something to kind of like be embarrassed about. And we all, you know what we all need to do? Don't be embarrassed about getting plastic surgery. And don't be embarrassed about watching whatever the fuck you want to watch or listen to because everybody's valid, okay? Yeah, who gives a shit? Like, I still listen. If that, if any song from either of those albums and any of Ashley's albums pops up in my shuffle while I'm cleaning, I can 99% of the time guarantee you it's not being switched. I'm not changing it away. Yes. Like... I live and I don't think that it's um it, it just makes me really sad that this girl who had like the stupid the stupid like honest mistake completely debunks like her entire artistry like everything she's accomplished all the records that she broke the amount of albums that she sold like none of it matters none of, none of it matters and if you pulled someone off of the street and say, what do you think about Ashley Simpson? They probably the only thing that they would have to say is, oh, she's that, she's that bitch who lip synced and she's talentless. Yep. yep. And that's she can't just, sing. she can't sing. That's why she lip synced. She can't sing. As if she was trying to position herself as some incredible singer. She was never trying to be Christina Aguilera or even yeah. her sister. Yeah, she didn't even, like, pretend to want to be that. Like, their whole thing in recording that album was that she had, like, this gritty, raspy voice. So, like, wait, what does that even... You know what I mean? People are just so... Honestly, justice for Ashley is my new crusade. I mean, we need to get that going. Like, 2020 needs to be the year of Ashley, honestly. Oh my, can we, can we get a campaign going? How do, how do we do this? <laughs> Ashley 2020? We'll get some sort of GoFundMe going for something. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. yet, but send us money. <laughs> send, send us money. We won't be sending it to Ashley because she is in the Ross family and does not need it. But, <laughs> but we will use that money to make t-shirts. Yeah, so we'll just make merchandise that says um, the year of Ashley. Listen, it's all about marketing, getting the word out. We're doing what we can, honey. Channel our inner Joe Simpson. Oh, gosh. we Listen, if we're going to get the Simpson sisters back on the map, we all have to channel our inner Joe. <laughs> them, look at them big old things. 
Look at them big old things. <laughs> um, what is your, what's your like Ashley Simpson album trajectory? Like, which, what is your favorite album? Why do you like it? Et cetera. Oh, wow. That, that is, that's so tough. I mean, I love her album from 2008. Uh, what's it called? I asked you this last time. um fuck now I can't remember bittersweet world bittersweet world okay I love that album and I'm not sure if it's just because it's the lesser known of I'd say like all of her I mean she has what is it four albums I think now it's four yeah because she had the one 2008 2006 or 2007 she yeah, it's like, her, my phone's right next to me they're all sitting right here <laughs> they're all like in recently played okay so autobiography and then i am me which was also oh, really I am fucking me. good yes oh my god oh, i love that one was like super good uh yes okay so bittersweet world 2008 i am me 2005 autobiography 2004 oh so only three only three albums i thought there was four but I love Bittersweet World and maybe it's because there's just a bunch of songs on there that I I started listening to it pretty recently and it was discovering a lot of songs that I had never heard from her so it's it's kind of exciting to listen to but of course but I guess actually I am me is great because it has a boyfriend um, I am me is like Ashley Simpson fully realized. Yes. Like, and, oh my God, L O L O L O L O V E. Yes. Like, dancing alone. Yeah, I am me is my favorite Ashley album for sure. But I do really like the one that you mentioned, Bittersweet World, because I remember that's 2008. So that's like peak, like Timbaland did that album. Uh, out of my head. I, 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 I mean, and that's how it opens. That's the first track on the album. Yeah. Boys is so good. Yes. Yeah, this album is really good. It puts you in the mind of like, just like that 2008 Timbaland sound. Like, um, um, with like Madonna and like Nelly Furtado and Justin Timberlake and, you know, all the girls. Like, it's very of that time, which I like love that era of music so much. I'm a I'm a big Nelly Furtado head, so yeah, I know I love it. Where's Nelly Furtado? You know, I just watched a um, YouTube thing about her. This YouTube channel that I follow called Honest. Um, he does these like think pieces about like pop divas, like pop girls, and uh, he did one about Nelly like dropping out of the music industry because like that 2008 period was like so much for her. Oh, and, wow. Like, so far removed from like what she like came into music to do because remember she was like a little like folky yes like yes strumming a guitar kind of gal and then all of a sudden she was like singing promiscuous (laughs) (laughs) you know what you know what i propose um a 2020 ticket of ashley and nelly furtado just like I will be campaigning oh next God, year. with Timbaland as a special guest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you 
he can be a cabinet member. Yeah. <laughs> he'll just come out to say, is it going? Is it going? Uh, and then he'll walk off stage. <laughs> that's all we need. Listen, that's all we need. This is, <laughs> this is 2020 is the year of the woman. And <laughs> we only need a special appearance from, from men. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just to mix the tracks. Thank you. You're going to mix the tracks and that's all we need. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, this was such an utter and absolute delight. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts on Ashley, on Jessica, vitamin C, uh, <laughs> any of these delicious women of the early 2000s? <laughs> My parting thought is to listen to really, if you were or weren't an Ashley fan, it doesn't matter. When you're at home and you're bored and you've like had a glass of wine or you've like smoked a joint or something, I don't know what you do with your life, but it's fine. I'm not judging anything you do. Play some Ashley Simpson, like just get lost. And not like Ashley Simpson radio because they'll lead you to believe that that means you want to listen to like Bratz soundtrack music (laughs) and you don't. You just want to listen to like a couple Ashley albums and you will be pleasantly surprised by how like timeless, like how much the music holds up. And uh, just how fucking good it was. That is, that is so true. I completely co-sign that. And absolutely do not listen to Ashley Simpson Radio because that is the patriarchy at work trying yeah, to convince that her music is pop garbage. It is not. It is not. artistry. It's like, <laughs> thank you for offering Cheetah Girls to me, but I'm going to pass and just go straight to the source. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Troy, tell everyone where they can find you. Um, well, my podcast is called The Smush Room. It's S-M-U-S-H space room. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> room is spelled R-O-O-M. And uh, I'm- so it's the traditional on spelling. Yeah, <laughs> the classic spelling, the old English version. Um, it's on iTunes and Stitcher and all the things. And, um, I'm on the internet at Troy McEady, T-R-O-I-M-C-E-A-D-Y. And, uh, you and I recorded a Heidi and Spencer episode recently. So if you're listening to this, that's a good place to start. And I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you want to do a back-to-back Troy and Dara double feature, then. (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) <laughs> this is what you need to do. You're going to shut off this episode. You're going to put on that episode. Then you're going to shut that off. Then you're going to mainline some red wine and you're going to put on <laughs> Ashley Simpson and you're going to have a great night. Yes. Oh God. What a dream. What a, what a perfect evening. <laughs> All right, guys. So you, I mean, you're listening to my podcast right now. So like, you know where to find me, uh, but you can follow us on Instagram, rate, review, subscribe, uh, all of it. And we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.